0: This is Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. My name's Josh. I'm Stephen.
1: And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of American Christianity, and we still keep thinking about how to take it seriously, even as we leave some beliefs behind.
2: We think theology should be an exploratory dialogue, so our hope is that the show will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities.
0: We don't have all the answers, but we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. Have you guys seen What We Do in the Shadows?
1: Yes. Yeah, I thought that was the
2: dumbest movie ever. I
1: hated it it so much.
0: But it's like when they're going to the clubs and they're like, may we come in? I hated it. (laughs) We have to be invited in. (laughs) I hated
2: that movie. You guys, I'm so sorry.
1: No, no.
2: I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah,
1: well, we'll get past it. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Who has, do you all have a beverage?
0: Yeah. I do have a beverage today. Uh, I'm drinking a summer American Pale Ale by Fremont Brewing here in Seattle. Ooh. It is, it's crisp and refreshing, and I love it. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: And also water because I need to hydrate.
1: Hydrate or dihydrate. This is
0: good. I've heard a lot of that lately. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm drinking a Bundaberg guava soda. It's an Australian soda. It's really good.
2: There you go. They sell them at this candy
1: shop here in Cody, Wyoming. Um, It's the bomb. It's Bundaberg guava soda. It's good.
0: Lovely. Is Australia one of those countries that uses like real sugar? Yes. In their drinks? Oh
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And and cocaine in the coke. So delicious. (laughs)
1: No, Stephen, that's an American thing.
2: (laughs) Oh right. Oops. Could I we got a lot done then though, right? Am I right? Okay.
1: (laughs) I what are you consuming tonight, Stephen, as a beverage? I'm,
2: I'm sipping on a pure leaf, unsweetened black tea. Um
1: Oh good for you.
2: Well, so like the caffeine is good for tonight and also it's it's not it's inadvisable to mix household painkillers with alcohol. Mm, and uh, that, oh, that's yeah. a fact. You know, yeah. I just kind of want to avoid extra damage on my liver, liver wherever mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. give it a break. You know, yeah. So we. <laughs> <laughs> how was your guys's Labor Day weekend? Because I had a doozy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, all cool. things considered, I think mine was pretty good i i didn't really uh yeah i didn't really get much done except work did you get a
2: three-day weekend did you have monday off
0: oh no 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 i worked the entire weekend it was wonderful okay yeah that's
2: that's about normal for you though right
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
2: (laughs) okay what about you emily how was your labor day weekend
1: it was wonderful. I had family over for the weekend. Um, my sister, brother-in-law, and my amazing little niece, Nora. And then my mom and dad came out, and they came to church on Sunday, and that was great. Um, it was very relaxing. And so then when I heard about what happened to you, Stephen, I was <laughs> like, oh, no, why? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. So Saturday, uh. One of my cats went outside for the very first time in his life, (laughs) and and I was following him outside with my phone, chasing him around because I was FaceTiming with Dixie uh, because she was out of town, and I just wanted to show her like her cat is brave enough to go outside. Uh, He quickly ran inside, Um, (laughs) so not that brave. But so I stepped up a few stairs to go shut the door behind him after he ran after he bolted back inside, and. My brain thought I was on just the first step. Like, given how far I reached forward to grab the door oh, no. and then pull it shut, I thought oh, I was on no. the first step. So But I was three steps up in a concrete <gasps> garage, right? And oh. I stepped backwards with the energy of someone about to just step eight inches, like on a single step. <sighs> but I went three steps distance down and backwards and, ju- oh. and landed on my foot just right. And I, like royally twisted my ankle and uh i'm facetiming my wife the whole time too so that was an adventure oh Oh, like on its own but uh so went to the er because with ankles you never know if it's broken unless you have a definitive x-ray proving that it is or that it isn't so went to the er got the x-rays and both the uh rad tech and the er doc were like there's something on there. It might be a shadow. It might be a hairline crack. So you need oh. a follow-up with uh, an orthopedic doctor. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went home and basically the the uh, the treatment plan was and still is elevate ice, household painkillers, oh, no. and time. Uh, and so ortho calls me yesterday, Tuesday, and they say, hey, we looked at the... X-rays from the ER, and we also agree that they're not very conclusive. So we need a follow-up with you, oh. and the soonest we have open is the next Monday.
1: No. <laughs> oh. Oh so, no. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I, really. Besides that, though, like I'm in a great mood. Um, I'm limping around a little bit. I did, I did buy crutches from the hospital, so that's fun. Oh, good. Um. But uh, Did I mean, the cat yeah, make it inside safely? A weekend, right? The cat is safely inside. And, uh, Priorities. He, he is none the wiser for it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's sad because now 100% of the times he's been outside, he has seen an injury take place.
1: Oh, oh yeah. He, could, mm-hmm. he couldn't
2: care less, though. He was already inside. I, clo- oh, okay. I successfully closed the door behind him, and then I fell. So, uh,
1: so he didn't really get to witness it.
2: Nah, nah, he's good. I spared him that trauma. That,
1: tra- that trauma, <laughs> yeah. But you had to go through that trauma. <laughs> oh my gosh!
2: Yes, I again. Ooh, ouch! I'm healing up. It's wrapped. I've been icing it and just kind of like hobbling around. But I missed our our standing appointment to record because
1: Yeah. Uh, studio
2: downstairs.
1: Steven you <laughs> just said standing.
2: <laughs> Oh, thank. <laughs> did not do that intentionally. No. But yeah, I missed our no. our uh, outstanding appointment to record because my studio is downstairs and I was mm-hmm. upstairs and oh. I did not want to go downstairs.
1: And you know what? That's I I do not blame you.
0: So did you figure out how to safely navigate stairs?
2: Well, at this point I can put enough weight on it that um I can mm. like use I can do like the one crutch method. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of sat at the top of the stairs and then just one by one, just kind of like scooted myself down, you know? Well, there you go. Oh, good. Okay. So, uh, I mean, okay. Josh, Josh, my friend, Josh, who lives yes, in Seattle. How, how was your weekend of, uh, worship protests?
0: Oh, you know, um, it turns out <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to Google this, um, you can Google Sean Foyt. His last name is spelled F-E-U-C-H-T. Um, he did hold a worship service here in Seattle over the Labor Day weekend. But yeah, the Seattle Parks Department got word of it, which I'm glad they did, and they shut down the park for the day. It's a, like a big popular waterfront park. Yeah. And they've been like shutting parks down because of crowding like throughout the pandemic. So right. that's like, actually semi-normal the concern
2: Mm -hmm. is super spreader events right
0: right so i believe that they did have it i haven't actually seen any pictures or articles about it but they had it in the street like this big worship service of like a couple hundred people well so i did um, not attend nor did i protest as much as i (laughs) wanted to do one of those things
1: he just was
2: he was just the counter protest at least Gosh, he was <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, you haven't seen articles about it because he's been very active on Fox and Friends recently mm-hmm. doing a lot of press. Oh, films. has he? So, uh, Yeah, man.
1: Yes.
2: So I've been trolling his Twitter all, all weekend. I'm really trying uh, to get blocked, but he won't block me.
0: Yeah, very uh, I can't see any of that because uh, I'm blocked. So. You have
2: been. You
1: have, it's, that's a badge of
2: honor I'm working so hard for.
1: You will get there. You, Josh, do you have any tips for Steven on how to accomplish that? You know,
0: not really. I, it kind of just happened to me. <laughs> oh, so it's luck. Good luck, Stephen. It, it was really <sighs> yeah. luck, I think. Yeah, it, I it think really was.
2: I had a, I had a, I found a gem of a meme that I had to tweet out earlier today. Let's see if I can find Ooh. this photoshopped headline. Breaking news at eleven. Sean I, Foyt, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Sean Foyt announces concert in raging forest fires.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> Actually, that's really accurate. No, Washington is on fire right now. I know, right? But
2: then the sub the subheader is calls evacuation orders unconstitutional. hashtag Let us worship.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> good grief yeah oh, that
0: feels so semi real my house is very smoky the last two days it's yeah i've i've seen some like four mm-hmm. seasons uh, fire forest seasons in montana before and this feels like another the
2: pacific level. northwest is getting
0: hammered right now yeah. and it literally happened overnight that's crazy yeah, yeah. oh it's so sad good grief. Okay. we're hanging in there we'll we'll be okay um, last time, I believe we were, like, leaving off kind of talking about community.
2: That sounds right. Correct?
0: Correct me if I'm that wrong? That does
2: sound right to me. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, I don't think we really had much time to explore it, but I, since I want to talk about it more, I came up with a couple questions that I want to explore. Uh, did, do you guys also have some questions around community?
1: I, have, I do, yeah.
2: I have, I have thoughts. I don't know if I okay, have. Okay, okay questions so i'll
0: just pepper mine in oh as perfect perfect guide us. well maybe i'll just start us off then
1: i'm i'm on i'm on the same boat as steven
0: okay sweet my first question that i've come up with is how heavily do we think community depends on generosity i guess where i'm coming oh. from this idea from is i read this book a couple years ago called uh It's either like how helping hurts or like when helping hurts or something like that. Mm. But that book is like about the difference between what they call asset based community development versus like a parachute form of generosity. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting too because like sociologists and like social scientists have this problem too of like the parachute ethnographer where you like go into a community that you don't really understand. And you act like you understand it and like you try to document it. But in the end, you're like an outsider, not like someone sure. from within. Mm. So that's that would be like an example. Yeah. of Yeah,
2: like like missions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like in Christianity, we've kind of run into the same problem with like in terms of like service work and generosity, like whether it's yes. like short term mission trips or or even like short term donations, like the book kind of went mm-hmm. into that. So they, like, made a distinction between, like, this kind of parachute generosity versus, like, community-based development that, like, uses the assets it already has. Mm -hmm. So my thought with this is – actually, no, I want to hear your thoughts first. What do you think about the relationship between community and generosity?
2: Mm. This is an angle I did not give it, though – And kind of thinking, okay, so maybe to, because I'm just going to rephrase your question to a question I want to answer, you know, this is masterful, excellent, (laughs) masterful. (laughs) Um, but so like the word that I kept coming back to with community is contribution. And I think we're touching on the Mm. same thing. Like what, what about community seems to be like, there, there seems to be a flavor to it that always comes with, you feel like you're contributing to something greater than yourself yeah
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
2: or spreading i don't know spread the wealth or um like rising tide raises all ships kind of concept like mm-hmm. when we collect ourselves together and uh, you know it's it's not a perfect one to one like more people are positive than negative on this day so then the group feels a lot more positivity but there does seem to be something where I don't know if community has a point if you're not going to be generous with each other or contribute mm-hmm. to each other in any meaningful way. Because if you're only there to take, you're really not going to get the same psychological benefits of, like, collecting yourself with with people who are like you or even, you know, just being able to show up to a place and say, people like us do things like this. If you're just there sure. for yourself and be like, people like that do things for me, that's not... Mm-hmm you You're not in community anymore,
0: mhm, well, and in sociology, sociologists would call this the norm of reciprocity, which could be something as small as yeah. thank oh, you yeah. and you're welcome, but it can be right. big, like in philanthropy, like mm-hmm. like I guess you could call it like the more you give, the more you get. but like I think we see that happen in lots of different like social interactions, even if there isn't money on the table like. Mm-hmm like you could argue that like potlucks are generous.
1: Oh, I would agree.
0: You know what I mean?
2: Uh, Yeah. Because it's, it's sharing of your table to a communal table that you all collect yourselves around and like it is the event, but a potluck is a lot more, it's a lot less about the food than it initially sounds when you're planning it, you know?
1: Right. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Like you plan a potluck, pretty much all you're talking about is who's going to bring the fried chicken, who's bringing the potato salad. But once you get there, it's like nobody cares who brought what. And all of a sudden, community is happening around the table, right? For sure. Right. So, I mean, so Josh, you you got me, I I had a note here kind of reflecting on the idea of like the early church and what we see in the book of Acts being very Mm. much like a collectivist kind of communal way of living where uh, people are literally selling everything they have and either contributing the money to like a central pool or even just saying, this was my chair. Now it's our chair.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and, then, and then people start getting in trouble like Anna and I are Sapphira, which we, I don't think we have time to get into. But uh-huh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh, generosity does seem to be a core element or generosity, call it contribution, whatever you want. Again, it kind of, it kind of comes back to this. You're, you're giving of yourself kind of like a self-emptying act into something larger than yourself you know. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Emily?
1: Well, so it's interesting because in church, at least the last couple Sundays, I've been preaching on this idea of like the reciprocal self. Oh, wow. And it's this idea of we're feet. So it's like, it's, it's the same thing as like reciprocity, but you're, you're adding the element of God into it. And so when you're pouring yourself into others, you are then allowing yourself to be filled by other people and therefore being filled by God. And so you in turn like Mm -hmm. filling others god is filling other people and it's just this reciprocal relationship where you're constantly being filled you're never empty even when you at times feel empty you are being filled whether by other people or by god but regardless it's still by god it's a very Mm -hmm. weird thing to explain in such a short amount of time but what that makes me think of is how we've been dealing with church lately and this idea of well, what does it mean to be in community when some of us don't get to meet face to face. And Mm -hmm. I've realized that for some people, community is really established in presence, but I've also been thinking about kind of just what you've been saying about generosity and how people have been generous with their time, they've been generous with their gifts and how they're being present with other people, whether it's online or a phone call or writing letters. And that's creating this new sense of community of saying, hey, we don't have to rely on just being physically present. Um, and it's allowing people to see new ways of expression and new ways of giving, giving time, giving gifts, giving effort, um, not just giving their physical presence to be with one another.
2: This is a good question because, uh, right at the beginning of COVID lockdowns in the world, I think my, one of my main questions was what does it mean to actually have social media and is it possible for us to actually create something social out of it instead of just performative one-to-many like look at me i did this this new fancy Mm -hmm. thing like how can we actually Mm -hmm. make social media social in a way that it recreates community when being in the same physical space is prohibitive you know um what do you guys think is lost though when we do lose that physical presence. Cause I I was reflecting on the fact that there's, there's something more special to being able to like being able to give someone a hug. Like I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not always going to be hugging people, but knowing I have the ability and the freedom to, uh, changes things a lot somehow. Like, um, it, it feels like support structures are a lot stronger when someone can put like an arm on your shoulder or, Mm, or even like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in the habit of playing D and D every Friday, and there's there's something real and something so close to tangible. It feels like in the room when we're all sitting at the same table, and we can re- mm-hmm. recreate the game. We can all be sitting in separate rooms over Zoom and playing the exact same game, but something is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like so. What does the, the physical aspect of community mean to you two?
1: Ooh. Well, I think for me, it's all your senses are being utilized at the same time. Whereas if you're just looking at a camera, you're just relying on your visual and audio. You don't have that sense of of smell. You don't have that sense of touch, which really completes the full experience of something. So I just think mm. about like, Even just walking outside with my dog, like just being able to be physically present with my dog on a walk. I'm able to hear my dog walking, barking at something. I can smell the things in the air. I can, you know, feel the wind across my face, whatever it is. Versus if I'm, you know, talking to someone on a camera and they're FaceTiming as I'm walking my dog. I don't get that same experience. Experience of feeling the wind. I don't get that same experience of utilizing all of my senses. And like we were, we were given all these senses, you know, for a reason. And I feel like if we are choosing not to use them, it's different than those who didn't have them to begin with, mm. in my opinion.
2: Yeah. So to put a word on it, you're speaking to embodiment. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, what do you think, Josh? And
0: there's something, there's something really interesting to me about that too, because I think with, like, obviously, we can still have social interactions remotely, like like right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this feels very, like, community-like to me. Right, And yeah. we're, like, not in the same room at all. Right. And that's incredible. But, but I think
1: it's also intentional. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Ooh. But even beyond the, like, the physical embodiment aspect of, like, literally being in the same room with people, even though I admit that there's something there, I think that it's really interesting when like a sense of community like seems to transcend the physical senses. Because like if we're mm-hmm. in the same room, obviously we are like experiencing each other through the senses. And it does feel different when we're in the same room. But I hate to use the word again because it sounds so cliche sometimes, but I think you're right, Emily. Like I think it does come down to um intention. Like there are different social dynamics in a group of people. Yeah. If you like intend to have community and intend to like, like ask and expect different levels of like social reciprocity. I guess I would even think about like asking help moving like the, you, you ask the different people to help you move versus like,
2: Oh yeah.
0: Certain other types of people. You know what I mean? Like, even if like you're in the same room together, like you don't always ask everyone to help you move. You ask like your friends.
2: Hmm. I mean, so to put it in hypothetical language, say over the weekend, you like royally twist your ankle and possibly break it. Like what you're speaking to is who's the first person you think of to call to come get you and bring you to the ER. Like what, what kind of relationship are you looking for? And that, I mean, that that gets very close to um, maybe what we're trying to define as community, like that intentional space where we're getting together, working to contribute to to one another, be generous with one another, one another and be creative together. It seems like there's a, a creative mm. element to community that has mm-hmm. to be there if anyone is going to feel like we have community. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, I think that's why I keep getting stuck on this idea of generosity somehow being, or like contribution or like whatever word you wanna use, somehow being like an inherent part of community because like lots of people can be in the same room at the same time with the same intention, like uh, like a jury. Mm-hmm. Like you can be there Ooh. for a very specific purpose and like be united on a specific thing, yeah. but like you don't form community with the jury. Mm. Like it's very different. It's true, and it's true. I I think that, like, for some reason, there has to be this, like, social give and take to actually make it a community by definition. So this also makes me think of if, like, generosity or, like, reciprocity or contribution is somehow an inherent part of community, does that then mean that religious community is somehow performative, a performative identity? much like gender or politics. And I don't mean like performative as in like you're faking it. I mean it as like you're it means it's like inherently actionable.
2: Mm. Like you're you're intentionally creating what community needs to be.
0: Yeah. But it's like it's like an active tangible act that you can see versus mm-hmm. like Right. Like there's I think there's lots of things that are not performative identities, but things like Um, gender or politics, or I would argue religion, like by definition are performative. What would be, and I think that if we're like going to talk about religious community, I think that it has
1: to be in there somewhere. So what would, well, I guess to set then, I don't want to say parameters, but that was the first thing that came to mind. What would be some examples of parameters that you would consider for, Either instit- institutions or activities or whatever that are not performative, because I think that would help us.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. To kind
1: of have a clear understanding so we're not just arbitrarily saying yes or no.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um I guess I would think of like I hate to like go this route already, but I guess I would the first thing that comes to mind is atheism, like it's not necessarily a performative identity like. It's more philosophical oh. and abstract.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And belief-based. I think that like the next step from being just belief-based is like the performative aspect. Sure.
2: Oh. Um, okay. Okay. So where where we could say atheism? Do you kind of see where I'm going with this? Yeah, because atheism is more defined by what it isn't mm-hmm. and by yeah. what it actively like does not believe than any any positive assertions um so you're saying that the next step beyond just like a you know we we can say like capital c church or like the global church in a sense that doesn't necessarily feel like community until you like wrap you got to wrap something around it right so the performative aspect is coming in when you actually have to go act it out like okay we have the worship team here and then we have the people who are going to serve the meal and then we you know like we have the service team doing that Like, you have to, like, have to put some action behind it in order to create it? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, sort of. But I also realized, I think we should also make the distinction um, between identities that are performative, but aren't necessarily, like, belief or community-based. Like, a fisherman, for instance. Like, you're only a fisherman if you are someone who's, like, actively fishing.
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
0: I am not a fisherman. I hate fishing like i would never call myself a fisherman so i'm almost imagining like a venn diagram of like um like two circles and one is like belief focused identities and the other one is maybe like performative identities and i think maybe the intersection is community possibly
1: i would agree i would agree yeah
0: does that is that kind of answer your question emily about like parameters
1: sure yeah because And now that when you frame it that way, you're right. Like on the one hand, you would have atheism, which really is just concrete belief. There really is no performative element to it. Whereas I'm trying to think of something that would just be strictly performative. Um, I don't even know. I can't even think of one off the top of my head.
2: Being able to say that we are podcasters is only true because we actively podcast, regardless of our belief about it. If you don't record your voice and put it on the internet, you're not a podcaster.
1: (laughs) Sure. No, that works. And so I would think that religion, like church, you know, Christianity would be in the middle of that Venn diagram because there are elements of both belief and performance within it.
0: Which I didn't intend to go this route. I didn't even think about it until literally this moment, but that's kind of the distinction between faith and works, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) like faith without works is dead like it's not you're not like interacting in community if you like only Uh, have one of them yeah i didn't even i did not intend to go that route at all that's incredible
2: wow (laughs) whoops i mean i'm glad we clarified because when you said performative i was about to agree but in like a very negative way because Mm -hmm. because what i've i mean okay so what i've been thinking is what is it about community let's keep it in the church context specifically Mm-hmm. What is it about that community that works for Josh, but doesn't work for Steven?
0: Ooh. Oh, like specifically because
2: they there. I, I, I think I don't think any of us, well, I don't think any of us would disagree that a church is a community in any, like if you have three people kind of aligned in the same vision, same goals, they're doing the same things together that's that's what community
0: is wherever two or three are gathered amen
2: okay thank you thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah keep going keep going so
2: so what is it about like community plus individual Mm. like for me like visiting a church that doesn't feel like community for me like there's a there's a line that i have to cross in order to be able to say like this is my community and maybe it is this action oriented like this what we're calling performative is like are you acting like the people that you're attempting to be in community with right um again like Mm -hmm. seth godin's simplest example of like creating tribes in marketing is people like us do things like this so like we're defining people like us in the beliefs but it's the do things like this that is required in order to kind of marry the faith in works or sure the the belief and philosophical identity to the performative identity so like there seems to be something specific then that causes josh in the middle of COVID 19 2020 to miss that community and something about it is like steven is missing and totally the answer could be Stephen doesn't agree that people like him do things like this anymore hmm. do you yeah. think do you think that yeah. there's there's some sort there's some version of like you you have to give it meaning yourself before it becomes meaningful to you
0: oh. I, hmm.
2: can you stumble into community by accident is what I'm
1: saying no no I don't think so uh uh I almost want to say,
0: oh man. I I almost want to say.
1: I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no.
0: Okay, you you go first. You you tell me why you think no. Maybe this will help. I you. say
1: I say no because there's a difference between community and and there's a difference between just a gathering of people. And again, mm-hmm. I think that has to do with intentionality of the group of people right? and whether or not there's going to be a core understanding or belief or principle that this group has decided, okay, we're going to use this as a means to separate us from the rest of other groups of people that gather around the entirety of this world. Because I don't think every church is a community. I, I I would argue mm. that there are some spaces that do not fully live into the identity of what it means to be intentional or to be in community.
2: Mm.
1: And so while they may be a church, that doesn't necessarily mean that when someone walks in, they feel a sense of community. I think there's a, you know, I think there is a fine line. So that's why my answer is no.
2: Because it's easy to walk into a church and be like, these people have something between them that feels electric and that like excites them. I'm not in it yet, but I want to be a part of it. So it takes, it then takes your own motivation and your own action to like plug yourself in.
0: It's funny. That's exactly what I thought of when you said the question, like, can you stumble into community? I like went... completely the other direction from Emily. And I agree with you that like, you don't just like, it doesn't happen by accident, I think is what you were getting at. But I do think that you can, like you individually can discover like a healthy community that is uh, interdependent or maybe you would call it like reliant on each other. Like there is social reciprocity there and you realize (laughs) that it is a community and you want to be a part of it. Mm, So I think that like you individually can like stumble into a community, but you and realize like what you've been missing, right? Like, you're also making me think of like when I was studying up on Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, I think that's how a lot of people I only use this language because I think that statistically <laughs> this is accurate that there's people that stumble into recovery, sure, not realizing like what Ooh. they were missing.
2: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Like there's not, I only say that because it's not like AA is like huge on evangelism. Like they're not going into the bars trying to save the sinners. Like they might do that with their friends or something, but it's not like they're actively trying to recruit people. It's often like, well, they are discovered by the individual in my experience, at least from what I've read.
2: And they've kind of baked that into the system though. Haven't they basically, basically you can't, you can't be a part of AA until you're able to bring yourself under the identity of alcoholic like the first step is admitting that you have a problem yes, right? True. right so it's like you have to adopt the community before the community adopts you in a way
0: i do think you're onto something stephen with the idea of you have to like decide it's going to be meaningful before you decide <laughs> you're going to be a part of it yeah mm-hmm. i think you're kind of onto something because like like one i don't know i'm i don't really have my thoughts gathered on this but i think that seems pretty accurate
2: okay here's another question yeah. here's another question then for you while we're talking about church um because this is what started it all in episode three was okay so is church intended to be community or is it just supposed to be can church ever be just belief or just performative or does it always have to be the two married to each other
0: oh hmm. um. Man, I want to hear Emily's thoughts on this first, because... Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh! <laughs> uh, because
0: I think that what you said, I think we shouldn't skip over that some churches aren't communities.
2: Yeah. There I think are, that a right.
0: lot of people don't think about that. And there
2: are... There are uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to make the distinction, because like the capital C church is something I 100% believe in. The lower C church is often where I find my issues. Um, sure. And again, that might be totally on me a pride issue whatever you want to call it but there are lowercase c churches that only do the thing are only performative that i know personally there are also lower c churches that are only beliefs and they don't do anything about it and Mm. to to a degree they feel like a community in their own right but I've never been attracted to a group like that, that there's something about it that isn't like a light on the hill or to put it in that language, right? Like Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. something unsalty about the, the salt of the world. Um, uh, unless, unless you have those two things, like if we're going to define community that way, can you ask your question again, Stephen? can a church, a local church, not like the Catholic church in the sense of the apostles creed, but can a church, Be a community if it is only A, belief and philosophical identified or B, only performative identity.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think being belief centric is a prerequisite for community.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Right. Right there with you.
2: Will the Venn diagram always end up being created though? Like, if you create a community out of a common action,
0: I think it's our tendency because of our like psychological need for the other, like in groups and out groups.
2: Right. Like, we're all looking for other people to mirror us.
0: Right. Yeah. We totally just have like cognitive biases that like make us want to pick people who literally believe the same things we do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is counterintuitive when you like, study the way belief changes over time mm, yeah, so that's right. kind of a paradox yeah. but okay mm-hmm. like i'm mm-hmm. thinking back to my experience um doing beer over two years with l- people who believed very different things from each other mm. but like i know i was one of many people who like found community in that space even though that space was like dynamic over time but it was because we were like performing the dialogue on a regular basis embodied in the same space. Like I don't want to separate it from the physical elements. You're embodied, Um, you're
2: performing the same thing together. Every time you look, you're engaging in very deep philosophical discussion.
0: And I guess you could argue that we were, I guess you could argue we were like believing the same thing about the importance of dialogue, but like, yeah, we were not unified by any means on like, we as a group believe a b c <laughs> and d and we are unified okay and that's why we're here no like none of us were there for that we weren't there to agree with each other
1: right well i think that comes back to what's the purpose of the community is it to fill yourself or is it to fill others you know it i think it comes down to having a clear understanding not just In understanding, but actually having it clearly laid out so people are aware. Because I know when I was younger, if I walked into a church and I was, you know, like, hey, what are you guys all about? And if they couldn't answer the question, (laughs) if they just kind of muddled around or just kind of gave very cliche answers that I had heard from other places, it's like, well, then what is it? What's in it for me? Like, do you want me here? What is it about this place that you guys are so comfortable with, but you can't? Clearly identify what it is that brings you all together and why you are intentionally creating this space. Mm. That's what I think for me would be important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't think anyone should actually masquerade. Like you shouldn't pretend you're not all on the same page when like you actually have an agenda about belief. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Nice. Well, yeah. And so breaking down the word community, it comes down to like common unity and we're not saying we want to be homogenous like we all right this would be boring if we were all the same right and like even the way we uh use our uh our cover artwork for this podcast like the point is that each of us are represented by one of those three strands and we end in different places but we're all part of the same thing right so like defining Mm -hmm. the people like us part of people like us do things like this it's not necessarily like we're all 25-year-old white american christians whatever like we're not going down like a demographic ticker but at, at least finding unity around one thing so that's what Beerlosophy did is you guys successfully created unity around the common value of deep philosophical discussion matters and we trust each other enough to right. not like tear each other down by the end of this like we're go- we're all gonna leave friends mm-hmm. even though we vehemently disagree about this
0: mhm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Stephen are you familiar with are you familiar with Vox Church? Do you listen to that podcast
2: Vox Church with Mike Erie
0: yeah yeah I don't know much about the church, but I remember him talking about it on one podcast um I haven't read into it separately but I believe his church that he helped start box um specifically they designed it to like not take stances on issues yeah so like there are there are both like pro-choice and pro-life people who go to that church there are are both and i don't know how we pulled this one off lgbtq affirming and non-affirming people who go to that church right Mm -hmm. and i i don't know like i uh, on one hand i love the idea of religious community somehow not like just coming down to belief and like, do we all believe the same thing? But I also agree with Emily that like, like we can't masquerade our beliefs about what we think matters.
2: Right. Eventually it comes out for sure.
1: There is a balance.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know. So anyway, I just had that thought. Well, so
2: like what, there seems to be something that we're dancing around that it's like community, there there becomes a unique personality to the group that isn't necessarily present if you just interview a single member of that community. Like something transcends the group mm. where mm-hmm. seemingly a unique identity comes out of it. Right? So mm-hmm. there there is a unique identity to be a laurel locomotive graduating in the year of 2013, right? Emily and I Mm -hmm. graduated Mm -hmm. in the same class. Our class was different than the year before our class was different than the year after our class was also different than Mm -hmm. billing central a few miles away. Um, but we're all Mm -hmm. like similar people. So like what I'm getting at is the personality that arises out of a group. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how exactly that, uh, like does it become what it just simply what it becomes by its the the sum of its parts or do you get to choose what that like group personality gets to be or what the community uh looks like and tastes mm-hmm. like to people from the outside
0: i would say there's parameters like kind of going with your example that that group identity is shapeable but like only up to a certain point in time like mm. now that you've graduated like well, yeah. You kind of can't really shape it anymore. Right.
2: But at the same time, we go to our 10-year reunion in a, in a couple of years, and the group dynamic and the personality of our community wrapped around being mm. this graduating class from this high school in this state. It's like, it's going to be different once we walk in the room, and we're going to be able to feel it. Like, oh, we're all 10 years mm-hmm. older. Like, that's the thing that changed, but a lot more changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. I don't know how much you get to choose of of kind of what collectively transcends the sum of its parts,
1: well, yeah, and I think you're only in control of what you contribute or not contribute okay, to the group. and
2: we're back to contribution. Mm. Yes, you know, mm. I think
1: you're you can only control the things that are within your limits and your your parameters because, Like I know our graduating class, like we had core people who, you know, they were popular or, you know, they were clearly, when you thought of the class of 2013, you thought of very specific people firsthand. Correct. But they weren't the entire group. Like I can still think of other people and they weren't those kids. But I think about what was it that this person contributed that these people did not contribute? Yeah. What was it that Mm. made that person dynamic to this particular group? Because- we all could have been in the graduating class of 2017 you know we could all have been younger like i don't think i don't think there are those type of parameters really matter it's you know what were you contributing at that time
2: back to contribution i love it
0: i think that's what's so interesting to me about the idea of like community somehow being centered around like the assets that are already there and they just like need to be developed Mm. Uh, like 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 going with this example the class of 2013 in Laurel could not have been shaped by someone who went to a different high school I mean not that they couldn't affect it but like it would Mm -hmm. not have like had the same impact as if either one of you started something in that class and I think that it's really easy for us to divorce ourselves individually from whatever um, like community parameters we are within. For instance, right now in 2020, the Christian church in America moving forward through the 20s, partly because of the pandemic, is like going to be a very specific like cross section of religious history that literally nobody else has lived or probably will ever live exactly the same way
2: Mm. ever.
1: That's so true. But like,
0: we don't think about that when we're in the moment. Like, we don't think of ourselves as like, I'm in a historical context, but like, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Something <laughs>
2: about today will end up in a history book
0: sometime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really easy for us to divorce ourselves as individuals rather than thinking ourselves as interdependent, not mm-hmm. just within society, but like. As a community at large, even if like we're not in a specific like defined structured community. Right. Like right now, like a lot of people are not going to literal, physical, religious structures because they're unable to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we are still within like the historical parameters.
2: Or they are able to and they call it a worship protest. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sorry. Able maybe isn't Um, the right word. They
0: were definitely able, but... <laughs> That's true. Oh, that is true. Sorry, derail. Since we kind of looped back on the generosity thing, yeah. Here is another question that I thought of, which kind of goes a different direction. Bring it. If generosity or contribution or reliance or something like that, if that is somehow an inherent component of community, how do we see that displayed in the Godhead?
1: Oh,
0: because if the Godhead. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator. Uh, what's the other?
1: Redeemer, sustainer.
0: Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. If like they, three persons in one, are somehow like in this divine dance, this community, eternally, what does it mean for them to be in community? Oh. If they have everything they need. How are they interdependent slash generous slash contributing to one another? Uh, And I don't know. This is a great, this is great.
1: The first thing that comes to mind is God created, you know, Mm. God created all these things. And if you think about God created human beings and God created human beings in God's likeness, that to me says that God was tired of being lonely. Like God, God wanted other things to experience creation with God and then I think to a certain extent when we think of Jesus you know Jesus came as a man like Jesus could have come in any form like God could have said okay I'm gonna be this and instead God was like hey you're gonna be this carpenter and actually he wouldn't have been a carpenter he would have probably been a stonemason Um, you're gonna be this stonemason carpenter from a very low class family in this region where no good comes of it no one is going to be expecting you know this supposed savior to come from Bethlehem so for me I see okay Jesus then got to experience and got to live in this space to be with other people you know to actually see a reality that was beyond God's own understanding because God created and God was like okay well now what Like, what what do I do with this? Now, what what would the point of this be? Well, let's experience something. And so I think the triune God, the three heads in one, wants to experience life, wants to experience something that we get to experience. That's just my opinion, and I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make sense. I, I don't know.
0: I see where you're going with that, but honestly, I don't know if I agree with all of mm. that.
1: Ooh, rebuttal Please, please rebuttal. Like,
0: I don't think God is lonely. Like, I know what you're trying to say. I think, but like, if God is eternal and the creator of all life and everything, I don't think. And and also, and also, if God is truly eternal community, like three persons in one, I don't think then that God is lonely. I don't think God needed to create humans to experience something new. I don't think God was like looking for something novel, but I think maybe, and you did kind of mention this. So I'm going to pretend that this is all you said. (laughs) I do think that perhaps, I do think perhaps it is necessary for God to create. Oh yeah. And Stephen kind of like touched on this earlier that like, As a community, there has to be this like creative, productive aspect. Like somehow Mm -hmm. like the sum is greater than its parts. Somehow like the sum of the Godhead, even though it cannot be separated, is like greater than any one part of the Godhead, hypothetically. Yes. And that like maybe Mm -hmm. in being that community together eternally, it somehow is necessary that God creates and it's I guess a, that's where I would agree with you right I don't mm-hmm. think necessarily God was lonely but somehow even though we don't really understand it maybe like the community that God experiences in itself does necessitate the creation of something else
2: so to put it in some love language I guess Ooh. so Okay, so if we have perfect community, we have a divine union of the three-in-one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or call it whatever you want, Mother, Spirit, Son, whatever. Um, What we have in the Godhead is essentially like a constantly self-emptying and outpouring love for each other. So Mm. let me read you a passage from the Universal Christ because I've been reading it. All weekend, you guys.
1: Richard Rohr, yeah, Our friend
2: Richard Rohr. The Christ, especially when twinned with Jesus, is a clear message about universal love and necessary suffering as the divine pattern, starting with the three persons of the Trinity, where God is said to be both endlessly outpouring and self-emptying. Like three revolving buckets on a water wheel, this process keeps the flow flowing eternally, inside and outside of God, and in one positive direction. Hmm. And then just further up the page, actually, um, something I highlighted a billion times and underlined was creation exists, first of all, for its own good sake, second, to show forth God's goodness, diversity and beneficence, and then for humans appropriate use, but only in that order. So when it comes to creation, uh, to me, like in this book, he, he calls the, the divine flow of, of Christ and of Christians in community with one another. He calls that flow like a love affair, the divine love affair. And okay, so when humans fall in love, like, okay, good example Dixie and I, in relationship with one another, married to each other for five years, neither of us are lonely in each other's presence, but there is something about the community that we craft between us. Like, there's something in the space between us. Nothing Nothing is necessarily lacking, but we both feel like an insanely deep, sacred desire to be parents and to have children. And to me, mm-hmm. I think to speak to the Trinity is like Father, Son, Spirit the same thing. had such a love affair in the midst of just the three of them that they said, wouldn't it be awesome to share this?
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Mm. like. They're not lonely. And
1: maybe that's where I was kind of going with this loneliness bit. You know, mm. I think, Steve, I think you've captured it perfectly. You know what I mean? Like the sense of they weren't missing something, but there was something more that they could experience and share in. But it wasn't that they were lacking. Mm. It was just there was right. so much of it that they.
2: It's a it's a self emptying and outpouring. They wanted action. to share it. Right. How does that feel? Josh? I like that angle a lot.
0: Conclusively I, I read, I really answered. Like that <laughs> We've answered it for the rest of time. Conclusively, <laughs> we found the answer. Um, <laughs> no, I really like that. I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's really well articulated. And and also, if if anyone's listening, and for some reason Richard Rohr is triggering mm. to them, I think that he's not saying anything new. I think that there's a lot of mm-hmm. art and a lot of theologians mm. who have said it. In different language, that there's like this eternal outpouring within the godhead, yes. And John
1: Wesley,
0: oh, John Wesley, yeah, or like it's been depicted in like lots of Celtic art, like the eternal Mm knots, and yes, and us trying to like understand what actually eternity means, and that like eternity is not the same idea as infinity, Mm -hmm. and like, Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: uh. I, I really like that articulation. I think that that does make sense, and I think it's interesting too that like we can even describe that as like, like, whatever is actually happening, like the the outpouring of love between the members of the Trinity, um, is somehow still like a form of giving or generosity or contribution to one another, yeah. even though god itself is like like fully sufficient right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. doesn't need anything and that's that's a really interesting idea to me that like i i think that people sometimes have a a smaller view of generosity that like we only give to things because they need us Mm. like i'm only going to donate to this thing because it needs Mm. me like, I'm the one with the money. Right. They don't have right. the money. I need to give it. Yeah. And I think I think people see generosity sometimes as like a balancing of the scales. Oh, definitely, mm. yeah. Like, that can't be it if, like, God is generous. Like, if God is somehow, like, outpouring God's love to itself right. and also to us, right. it can't just be like a balancing of the scales because, like, God will never bring us up to God's level of eternity. Right. Sure. Like we have not eternally existed, therefore we will never be God. Mm. So like there there can't be this idea. I don't think. I don't think we can have this idea of like generosity, like bringing us to a level of completion.
2: I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to arrive at completion. I love the way that Roar put this in. In God being like a a water wheel, constantly self emptying and outpouring onto the next. Available surface of the water wheel and the whole thing kind of propels itself like the the image in my brain I get is like Okay, supermassive black hole flying through Oblivion and, and it's it it's spitting off stars in the process and that becomes galaxy right like It's Ew. headed. It has to be headed somewhere. I like we talk about God being complete but I I, I Don't know if God is complete if he's static so when Roar talks about him, like God, because I don't, I don't like gen- gendering God, so I'm trying to like get away from him language. But hey. so when when God travels in one direction, m- so many things just kind of like come off the afterburner, right, and are are left behind. Um. So like God is complete, yes, but he's the 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 beautiful thing about it seems to be that in God's completeness it is also dynamic and, mm-hmm. and changing and morphing and like becoming a new thing. And like creation didn't stop after seven days, right? Like it's a constant unfolding of this universe. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, and I think completion doesn't mean finished in my opinion, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something may be complete, but it doesn't mean it's done. Right. Like it, there are actually the, there are different definitions for complete and finish. And I think that's where mm. maybe we're kind of stuck in our understanding is nice. we think nice. it's like we think it's finished. Nice. But it's not complete. You know, like I could have done the work and shown you, like, okay, I did my work, it's finished, but I may have not completed the steps to show you how I got to the finished product. Mm. Whereas I'm showing all the steps to where I got to this, but I maybe my answer isn't done. Or maybe my answer isn't correct. And so I'm going to go back and complete the steps to show then that it is finished.
0: I think that has interesting ramifications going back to community too. Like for us, I don't think very many people think this, but if they do, I think they're not so smart. I don't think it (laughs) would be smart of us to think that community is somehow like arriving at an ending point. Like there we did it. We like made community.
2: Oh yeah. Like we're good.
0: Right, it's a flowing. Like I don't think it I, I be think you. I think you like product. brought up a good distinction between like yeah, static, dynamic. Not just there's always something new, but like it has to be continued. Right, there's a flow. It's not to just it. the <laughs> class of 2013. Yeah, we're like continuing. It would be like I don't know. I guess it'd be like if you like kept going to high school. Well, but it, we also
2: don't say like we were the class of 2013. We still get to say we are the class of 2013. Like you show up to, mm-hmm. right? You show up to a reunion. It's like, well, we were the same group of individuals, but we're something different 10 years later, a decade later. Isn't it interesting though mm-hmm. that, okay, so g- coming back to the, the class graduating class analogy, Emily, isn't it interesting that we can take individuals out of that group and it becomes something different like our class without our valedictorian yes. or without our prom king or without emily shelton is a different class like there there seems to be something mm-hmm. that each one mm-hmm. of us brings that helps create the thing and the whole thing yeah like the whole thing changes flavor as soon as one person is gone or one person is added And like you, Mm -hmm. you feel that when like somebody moves and they start their junior year as part of your class Mm. and you're all looking at them like, where did you come from? This is not how we do things, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) You know, that exact feeling. That's funny. Right. Okay. I would venture to say the same thing happens with church. Oh, Oh,
2: most certainly.
0: And in a really similar way, like people decide they don't want to go to church anymore. Or at that church or people move and they become a part of your church or a community or whatever. And I think a lot of people have um, some various attitudes about that.
2: (laughs) I mean, next episode maybe because the question I want to, maybe we can leave the question here and we'll come back to this on the next episode. Cause I'm curious to talk about what the role of individualism is inside of a community. Cause I think defining a group mm. just by the group identity is unhealthy. But I also think hyper individualism is unhealthy. And so I, I pulled mm. out of a, a podcast uh, with Rabbi Sachs on the Tim Ferriss show. And he was talking about, we need a balance of I and we to be held in tension inside a group in order for healthy community to grow. Um, because he was he was claiming that America being a hyper individualist society where like our entire milieu is I over we um he's claiming that America's failure to address COVID is actually due to our individualism. Sure. There's something about so to bring it back to COVID, because this is where episode three started, was on an individual basis, uh I think something may be being eroded from our sense of community because COVID is training us to treat individuals in person, like in the meat space Mm -hmm. COVID is training us to distrust the presence of another human being because we don't know where they've been and they're not wearing their mask. And, Mm -hmm. uh, again, we don't know if they've been uh, appropriately social distancing until now. So there, there's something insidious about COVID where it's, it's training us to be incredibly skeptical mm-hmm. of the individual, but at the same time, we're amassing ourselves into groups like never before. Look at any protest, mm-hmm. counter-protest, counter-counter-protest that we need to see, right? Like we're, it's like America's finally learning that we should have been balancing community and individualism a little more, but now it seems like we're swinging over the, pendulum way too far
0: and uh it's causing some trouble two things steven yeah. every time you say the word meat space <laughs> in my head i think like m-e-a-t space yep that's what i mean and i like can't get that out of my head with our oh, wait, meat bodies wait, really
2: <laughs> yeah that's what i mean
0: oh i thought oh <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> that's
2: funny like, yeah
0: that's funny that's okay funny.
2: that was number one what was that? um Will you,
0: will you start our next episode off with that quote again? Because I really like where you're going with this idea. And I already have thoughts, but I know we don't have time I most
2: for them. definitely will. But that sounds like a great I've,
0: I've like episode. already written down your question because I really want to talk about this. I would
2: love that. Same. Because we've talked about church. Awesome. We've talked about community at a, at a bigger, like focus the lens out a little bit. 30,000 foot view. Right. Um, but there is a conversation to be had about individualism and how it plays in with the whole thing. So Yeah. Okay. So I guess to wrap us up, huge, huge thank you to Louis Zong uh for the use of his song mm-hmm. in full color off his album here. Go find his music on Spotify and Bandcamp and follow him on Twitter and all that good stuff. He is a beacon of hope and positivity and I love it.
0: It's so good. He is really quality working from home music. If you need a soundtrack for the day,
2: absolutely.
0: He does. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Um, also follow us. Um, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, we are at RavelPod. Uh, also, if you want to follow any of us on Twitter, uh, all of our handles are in the show notes. Uh, if you would do us the favor of leaving us a review on iTunes or on Facebook, um, that really helps us get discovered by other people that want to listen to us. And, uh, be a part of the community nice. as it were um we are on facebook at the ravel pod uh you can also email us at oh shoot what's our email
2: the ravel pod <laughs> at gmail.com
0: there it is <laughs> <laughs> um so send us send us things send us uh your thoughts your love letters um more if you please maybe some stamps Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Actually you can't send stamps through email yet, no. can you? No. Emojis. Um, or GIFs. But oh, we will GIFs? read everything you send us. Is it
2: GIFs or GIFs?
1: Every single thing. I've heard it's GIFs. Mm,
0: well, GIFs. It's a gift to me. I always want to say gifts,
1: but
0: <laughs> Emily, will you uh send us off?
1: Yeah. I had a recent friend the other day have a great quote and I want to share it. So we're not human doings. We're human beings. So don't just do community. Be in community.
2: Amen. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. God. Yes. Welcome to No Normal People. I'm Steven.
1: And I'm Dixie Lee.
2: And this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life.
1: We think the best way to live is with curiosity where we assume that everyone has something to teach us in some way.
2: Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called sonder, and this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own.
1: Right, so they could be thinking about tacos too.
2: Well, that, or their own happiness routines and family.
1: But most importantly, tacos.
2: Well, to each their own, I guess. Which is the point of the show.
1: The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous authors, artists, and thought leaders.
2: So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire Saunder in yours.
1: No Normal People. It's like Humans of New York, but a podcast and in Montana.
2: Follow us at No People Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And remember, the The only only normal people people you you know know are the the ones ones you don't
1: don't know very well. well.